I didn't give you that to preach now. I don't know how he expects me to follow all this. Uh, I just want to take a minute this morning um, on behalf of the global mission team. And I want to thank everybody that has given for OCC, for our missions in Honduras. We couldn't go and do these things without you. And I, I would like for my fellow team members, if you will stand with me right now, I would appreciate it. Those that... Thank you. It's you too, Billy. <laughs> I just, I'm here to speak to you just for a minute about Operation Christmas Child. You know, we had something in July where we passed out the shoe boxes. And um, we've got a lot of shoe boxes and uh, got a lot more to go. But uh, if you have taken one of those, if you'll bring them back by November 6th, filled up, ready to go, we're going to send those. And our GMC building, it's open on Sundays from 4 to 6. If you want to come, bring your family or just yourself. If you don't want to bring the kids and you want to be by yourself, come and do that. We like that too. And um, if you took a cup that day for the noisy offering, you know, keep filling it up. And if you haven't, you know, there's still time. We'll take it. Because it's, you know, our shipping's gone up, it's $10. But for $20, we'll pack it for you. Um, we are here to be disciples. When you accept Christ, you become one of his disciples. And your mission is to spread his word. Right here, Paige and Billy, they have taken on a discipleship that most people wouldn't. They've brought these kids from milk to meat. I you see it every Sunday in these children, and I'm thankful for that. I know this isn't about what I got up for this morning, but this is what God wanted me to say. Thank you, children. Thank you for wanting the Holy Spirit to enter you. We don't want that anymore. We don't. You say you do, but do you ask him for it? Because you know what? That is a gift that's absolutely free, along with your salvation. All of that is free. You don't have to do anything except ask him. Like I said, that wasn't part of what I got up for. Mine was just to remind you that we are, we're here. OCC is here, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful that we have people willing to serve us as missions that will go, therefore, and, and teach the gospel to those. We have people here that are teaching. They're teaching discipleship, part of our Operation Christmas Child. That program teaches that to other kids. Where we have Billy and Paige, and we have Paul, and we have all of you that pour into them. These children don't. They may not have any knowledge of Christ. And the literature that goes with it, you can be creating this somewhere else in the world. We have... A blessing right here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Amy, for sharing. Man, 
we do have a blessing around here, don't we? We have great youth ministry. We have great children's ministry. Um, we have great men's ministry and women's ministry and senior adult ministry. And we have a great outreach program. We have great um, care ministry. We, we, I tell you what, we are a blessed group of people. Amen? And uh, so thankful for all of you who actually make all those wheels turn because without you uh, and your engagement and your involvement, you know, we're, we're just a group of people meeting together. But when you are engaged and involved, it, it creates an atmosphere of care and compassion. And, and, and we have to realize that everybody has a want to be wanted, a need to be needed, and, and a love to be loved. And uh, you are definitely wanted, needed, and loved around here. So thank you so much for being a part. Good to have Joey Norton with us this morning. Good to have the Pattersons back with us. We're so thankful that you guys have jumped in. So good to see you guys again. Man, God has just been faithful, hadn't he? You know, I was, um, I was, had the pleasure, and you know this, I talk about my experience in Honduras, but there was one gentleman that, uh, that really changed my view of what intercession looked like. And you'll know I'm preaching a series on the Finnish challenge, find, intercede, network, invest, send, and harvest. And today is intercede, but there was a, a gentleman named Juan Claros, and uh, he was brought up on the streets of San Pedro Sula, Honduras. He was in gangs. He had been in and out of jail multiple times. Uh, just, in his own words, a horrible individual. He, he, he caused so much trouble. And one day in the prison, a Church of God pastor came and spoke into his life, transformed. That, that moment was so impactful. It's like one was transcended, if you will, and something else came about. The Lord began to stir his heart from that experience, and he served his time. And when he got out, you know, nobody trusted him. It's kind of like, you know, the Apostle Paul who had been a, a persecutor of the church. You know, nobody trusted him. Nobody wanted him around. But he, he, he literally engaged himself in just a time of growth and preparation and prayer. And one, one day the Lord stirred his heart and told him to go to this little community called Laguna Verde, which means Green Lagoon. And it's up in the mountains near El Paraiso uh, in the department of Copan of Honduras. And, and in this community, it was wildly ravaged. It's like the, the wild, wild west. They literally, he went there, he started a church. Listen to this, planted a church. It was so corrupt and so uh, gang-oriented that they literally dragged somebody out of church one Sunday, and in front of the whole congregation, they chopped him with a machete. It was horrendous. But he challenged the church. He challenged them to, to begin to intercede. He challenged them to begin to pray. He said, God has sent me here. And I believe that God is going to transform this community. What you have been afraid of, 
what you have been hiding from, what you have allowed to go on based on your fear, God is going to transform into faith, and we're going to see sons and daughters, we're going to see this community transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Five years later, I get the privilege of taking a group up into the mountains of Laguna Verde and to visit this church that has now grown tremendously. And in five years, the difference is is that what used to be violence, what used to be corrupt, what used to be a fear gripping the community is now a place of a safe haven for the people of God. I walked into that sanctuary and over 300, I'm not talking about 30 young people, over 300 children sitting in the sanctuary. And, and you know what? We get 300 children in here, we're thinking chaos, right? We're thinking you better have 300 chaperones for 300 children because 300 children are going to have 300 chaotic moments. But what I was so impressed with is what there were 300 children, everyone sitting in their seat. We got up and we began to do a children's crusade, and, and the participation was amazing. And then afterwards, we, we put together this massive meal and began to feed these kids. And, and I was so impressed with not only the how they, I'm trying to not speak Spanish. <laughs> How they behaved, they were so well behaved, and, and at the same time, not only were they well behaved, but they were so engaged and involved with every word that come out. The difference was a man who understood where God brought him from. A man that understood that it, it wasn't just a feeding program. It wasn't just a, a, a preaching style or a preacher. It wasn't just a good worship. But it was a body of believers who engaged in intercession for their community. It was a, a body of believers who came together, who were not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who, who by faith overcame the fear of what everything else was going on and said, we will join together and we will fast and we will pray and we will see the hand of God move because God has promised it, we will see it fulfilled. I'm so thankful that I had that experience because those experiences taught me. Those experiences helped me understand. And, and believe me, for my first few years back from Honduras, I struggled I struggle because of the culture and the environment that we have created in cultural Christianity. And it was difficult for me because I came from pastors and in, in congregations who were so hungry they would walk for miles to get to a church and, and they would stay all day because they, they didn't want to walk back because they wanted to see what God would do. And they would get there early and they would line the, line the altars and pray an hour to before service, just because they wanted to have an, an, an expectation and they wanted to lay aside every weight because when the word and the worship began to take place, 
They didn't want any hindrances for them to experience God, but they, they wanted a pure heart and a pure mind. It was powerful. I told uh, the Busby Church of God, who was gracious enough to take this lunatic pastor whose mind was culturally messed up from the experiences and trying to transition back to the United States. And, and, I, and I looked at the council. I said, guys, I love you, but I just want you to know I'm struggling. And they, they understood. They were willing to work with me. And at the same time, the challenge was great. I don't want to be mediocre. I don't, I don't want to be just culturally relevant. I don't want to just do because it's the habitual thing to do. I want to be what God has called us to be. I want to join in with the plan that God has laid before us. And understand that our time on this little marble that we're rolling around on called earth is running short. I believe Jesus is coming back. And I believe that it is sooner than we could ever imagine. And I just pray that our hearts and our minds are in tune with what the Spirit of the Lord is doing. We can bicker and argue about semantics. We can bicker and argue about, you know... uh, methods and methodologies, but ultimately, are we willing to get into the Word and allow the Word to speak for itself? Amen? Let it be so, Jesus. Any good? Amen. Amen. I've got 20 minutes. i got the rest of the afternoon. (laughs) I will respect you. But I want us to grab a hold that we are called to intercede. I don't know that we fully understand what it means to intercede. Sometimes I think we have gotten this mindset where we pray. And we'll put up prayer emojis. We will say a brief general prayer. Don't mind if I take this off. It's warm up here. But I believe God's called us to something deeper than just a general prayer. When I think of what it will take to finish this great commitment, intercession is is a necessity. It's not just a general prayer. It's not just a, 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 you know, now I lay me down to sleep and I pray the Lord my soul to keep, right? It is something deeper. Even the Apostle Paul distinguishes the difference between intercession from supplications and from prayers and from thanksgiving. We see that in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. It says, it says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications and prayers and intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. He distinguishes that there's something different. I'm thankful that Somebody interceded for me. Aren't you glad somebody interceded for you? I mean, even James tells us that the the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much, right? And I'm thankful that 
that we've been prayed for, or the scripture that, that Billy used at the very beginning. If you ask in believing, it shall be done, right? But I want us to grasp a hold of, of the difference between these different types of prayer because supplication, the word literally portrays a, a, a strong passion. Supplication is a, a, not a word that we commonly use anymore, is it? But it, but it has the, the tense and understanding in the original form of a true uh, passion prayer. But it's more of a general prayer. It's kind of like praying for the whole body. It's kind of like praying for the nation uh, and doing it passionately. Lord, I pray for our nation God, I pray for Israel. I pray for the peace of the body of Christ. Those are general, but yet we can pray with passion for those things to take place. Supplication and prayers. Prayers is more of a worship. Prayers is kind of the idea that, um, that we pray out of worship. And whether it be corporately or whether it be privately, we have a time of prayer. I mean, we call, we're called to worship. The best ship to be on, the worship. <laughs> Amen? We need to worship the Lord. And, and then there's the giving of thanks. The giving of thanks is really like a communion. It's understanding what the Lord has done for us and being thankful for that. The, the, the root word of that is the very same word that uh, in English that we get our word Eucharist from, communion. And so uh, that thanksgiving is, is a type of communion. And, and let me tell you something, folks. We need every aspect of that type of prayer in the body of Christ. If we are to grow, if we are to experience God, we need to have supplication. We need to have a worshipful prayer. We need to have a thanksgiving mindset. But we also need to grasp a hold of the necessity of intercession. For intercession is focused. It is a passion that is laser focused. It's a passion as if it, it puts a bullseye or a target on something and it is the arrow that we pull back that we hit the target with. It is a laser focused prayer naming names and naming specifics. It is a getting into the place of that situation saying, Lord, we stand in the gap. We, we intercede. We laser focused pray for this specific situation. We need that kind of prayer, don't we? Tim Hill, in talking about this, he talked about intercession, and, and he talked about a, a great way to understand it is to look at the word propitiation. Now, I know propitiation is a, uh, is a theological word. It is a word that, that is somewhat outdated in, our, in, in, in churches. We don't hear that word anymore. Anybody want to take a stab at what it means? No, just kidding. I know we've got some theolo great theologians in here. But it's a compound word, and this is how he described this word. He said, when you break down the compound word, it's pro, pity, and action. It's when a lost soul presents themselves to the Lord and repents and believes that on the Lord Jesus Christ, propitiation means God proceeds with pity and takes action. 
Aren't you glad that God proceeds with pity and takes action on your life? It is, some uh, other terms would be the satisfaction. He, he steps in and satisfies the sin debt that we owe and in our place takes our debt to the cross of Calvary and now that debt has been paid. He took pity on us in our brokenness and loved us so much that he took action for us. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, some people say, you know, we're to pray for the lost. Does God really care about me? Does God really, does God really love me? Does God really think of me? And, and there was a story told by uh, Brother Crowley, who was uh, our general overseer at one time, and he's long gone, but I remember he played golf with my dad multiple times, and there was a common story he liked to tell about uh, a special layman named Frank. And this layman was a was an, a shrimper, and, and he also did oysters and stuff. But Frank would go out into the ocean, and he would put his false teeth in his pocket. And one day, as he was out there pulling in the baskets, uh, he didn't realize it, but his teeth fell out. Well... Frank being a man of prayer, Frank was known by even his crew that he prayed every morning, he prayed at noon, and he prayed at night. He was a man of intercession. He was a man of faith. Well, Frank was distraught that he lost his teeth and, and began to pray, God, I know you love me. God, I know you care. And he began to pray and believe and and. He felt like the Lord telling him to go back to where he had been fishing. And so he began to find his place. And in this murky and muddy water, one more time he prayed, God, if you really, if you really want me to have this, you'll make it available. And he shoved those clamps down into the water, in the murky water so deep, he put them together. And as he pulled up, he pulled up oysters and all and and there found those smiling teeth of Frank. And to think that if God can care enough about a man's dentures, how much more can he care for you? How much more does he love the lost? I mean, the Bible tells us about the lost coin. The Bible tells us about the lost son and and, and how much more does God care and love and want to see our lives transformed, want to see us in his plan? Come on, amen? I mean, not even to think of finding, but the celebration that took place even at the lost son in, in Luke chapter 15. Quick, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for the son of mine who was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he's found, so they begin to celebrate. Think about that. Intercession puts us in tune with the heart of the master. Intercession allows the stirring of our heart to be in tune with what the Father wanted. We also have to realize that 
that according to the will of the Father, the church must become one with Jesus in intercession. Since his ascension, intercession is the primary ministry of Jesus. Think about it. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Look, Jesus' submission to the Father didn't end with him coming down to the earth. It didn't end with him uh, being crucified. It didn't end with him in being raised again on the third day. But his submission, even still today, sitting at the right hand of the Father, he is making intercession for every single one of us. Isn't that amazing? The church must take hold of the ministry of teaching. Yes, we must take hold of the ministry of preaching and healing the sick and loving those around us. But even still, there has to be a poor, an element of understanding the need of intercession. Matthew chapter 11, verse 5, Jesus gave the testimony to send to John the Baptist. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead raised, and, and the poor have the gospel preached to him. Oh, man, if we could be the church again. Come on. But why do those things take place? It's because there's an intercession taking place. There's a passion for the lost. There's a passion for those around us. Young people, there's a passion for those who absolutely drive you crazy at your school. There's a passion for those who, who you stand beside at your workplace and you have to hear their filthy mouth all the time. The same people is the same people that Jesus stood on the cross and he looked out across the congregation of all the ages of time and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It's an intercession. It's a prayer. And we need to not just enter into the ministries of Jesus that we see fulfilled in that way, but we need to enter into his present-day ministry of intercession so that we'll have the same heart, so that we'll have the same passion, so that we'll have the same desire and reach the lost. Amen. Romans chapter 8, 31 through 34 says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Say us all. Us all, not just some. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Is it God who justifies? Who is he who condemns? Is it Christ who died and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us? Wow. God, let us, in, let us join in and recognize that it's not for the hymns and the hers and the thems and the theys, but it's for the us's and the we's because it's all of us. It's all of us. <laughs> Look, the, the, the job 
the, the, the finish commitment will never be completed until a church is unified. It can't happen in division. It can't happen. It has to be a unified body. It has to be a body who's, who's together in the mind of Christ, fulfilling the things of Christ. Amen? I mean, even in Romans chapter 12, 4 and 5, it says, for we, we as, for we, sorry, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, say that we don't have the same function. We don't have the same function. Thank God, right? So we being many are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. We're one body. There's only one church. Man, we got to grab a hold of that. I mean... Only in Christ's ministry of intercession can we, can we see the American church, the Latin church, the Korean church, the Indonesian church, the Asian church, the European church, and the African church come together as one body. It's only in intercession that we can see the Baptist church, the Presbyterian church, the Anglican church, the Methodist church, the Pentecostal church to come together as one body. It is only through the ministry of intercession that the Lord has given us that we can see the black church, the white church, the Latino church, the city church, the country church, the rich church, the poor church, the big church, the little church. It is then that we come together as one body. The church that prays together stays together. The church that prays for one another. The church that I was trying to help one of my sons with a situation the other day. I said, and we talked about, have you prayed for that person? Because when you have all, when you begin to pray for somebody, it begins to change your mindset. Because you begin to see that person not through the lenses of your own crisis and your own criticism, but you begin to see them in the eyes of Christ Jesus, that they are a part of the body of Christ. And if they are hurt and hurting, if they're broken, if they're frustrated, if something's going on, then you are also in the same position because we are linked together in one body. Amen. God help us, right, to take hold of the ministry that is laid before us. I mean, when we take hold of this ministry of intercession, it changes situations. Scott King, who I had preach here a few times from South Carolina, and his second child, I remember when Cole was in Tyra's womb, she began to have complications. And, of course, you know, he... He was nervous, worried about what was going to take place and what that was going to look like. Cole would be born so early that Scott could put his ring around the whole hand and wrist and burn up the arm of his little boy. 
I don't remember the exact weeks. It was like 24, 25 weeks. It was so early. Might have been earlier than that. They didn't expect him to live. Well, Scott, you know, being the pastor, didn't want to frustrate anybody else, didn't want to bombard anybody else. He heard doctor after doctor, and they gave him different diagnosis, different ideas of what could happen. But he sat in a room, and here's other parents, and here he's supposed to be the, the preacher of them all. And he, parents sitting around with their own children having issues, and he said he got into a corner and he began to weep. He beat the floor in front of other people saying, God, why? Why would you allow this to take place? Why would this happen to me? I'm your servant. There went out a prayer chain and he began to call on his friends and pastors around, around the world. Because basically he said, the doctors can't do this. Only God can. Sammy, we know that, don't we? The doctors can't do it. But I know a man who can. <laughs> Little Cole gets on the drums now. He plays the drums for the church sometimes. In a, in a few, I think next year, he, he's getting his driver's license. What seemed impossible when a church gets in unity and intercession before God can change the impossible into possible. We've got to pray. We've got to pray. Lastly, Come on, somebody. Lastly, we need to understand that it is only in the Holy Spirit that the church must passionately embrace the practice of this ministry of intercession. Romans chapter 8, 26 and 27 says this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray. So we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You know, this scripture uses the same word for intercession that's found throughout the New Testament. But there's something different there in verse 26 where it says, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. Because if you look at the original Greek, it's, it's the word intercession there, but, they, but what is added is an H- Y-P-E-R, pronounced hooper. We might well say super or hyper. So what is being stated is, is that in our weakness, the Spirit of God 
super intercedes for us. <laughs> just when you think you're alone, just when you think that I can't do this, just when you think, well, I don't know if I can make it another day. The Bible says that when in our weakness, the Holy Spirit puts on the cape of super <laughs> and jumps into our situation and intercedes for us. I think that if we would get to the place to recognize that we are weak, because when we are willing to say, I can't save anybody, huh? When we realize that I don't have the ability to heal the brokenhearted. When we get to the mindset and understanding that no matter what program, what song, what message, what is taught has the ineffective ability to transform anybody's life except God. When we're willing to say, I can't do this, it is then that a groaning begins to stir in the belly of your spirit for out of the innermost being flows a river of life. The spirit of God on the inside of you begins to groan. And God begins to rise up and the impossible becomes possible. The shaking begins to say, I'm standing on the solid rock. I know that I know that I know what God has spoken to me. I will not be shaken. I will not be deterred from what God has said. I believe it because God said it. Amen? Somebody says, well, who am I? I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not powerful enough. You think? The word weakness, when it says, likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. The word weakness literally means the absence of strength. Now, the Bible tells me that the joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> so there's an absence of joy. There's an absence of fulfillment. There's an absence of passion. There's an absence of desire because we don't have the strength to carry on. But God... Ephesians chapter 6 and 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Jude verse 20 says, Building yourself up on your most holy pray faith as you pray in the Holy Spirit. 
The old King James says, in the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Woo! We need a Holy Ghost outpouring, don't we? Look, every one of us have been invited into this plan. And every one of you can experience the same passion. Every one of you. Think about this, Romans 8, 14 through 17. For as many, say for as many, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, and heirs of God, then join heirs with Christ Jesus. If indeed we suffer with him, then we may also be glorified together. When you feel weak, and somebody says, I don't have the ability, in the most simplistic way, we can cry, Abba, Father. When I think of that word, Abba, I think of the very beginning letter, the Ah, the Alpha. Did you know one of the, the first letters that a baby is able to say because it doesn't include the tongue is the B, B. I've even seen that in, in the spiritual realm when somebody gets baptized in the Holy Spirit and their spiritual language has not been developed. It's just the lips coming together, some air pushed through. You think, well, it's complicated. I don't have the ability. But in the simplistic way that a little baby is able to say, bah, we can say, Abba, Father. We can call on the intimacy of our, not in disrespect, Daddy, because He is always there and available for us. And in, in the simplicity of our relationship, we can begin to see the mountains move. We can begin to see the lives absolutely changed by the power of the Holy Spirit because we've surrendered to Him. <laughs> Look, guys, God's called us to a great challenge. We recognize that we recognize that the world's a big place and there are thousands of what we would call unreached people groups, people who are very low evangelized. In other words, less than 5% of the people are considered Christian in their environment and there's less than 2% uh, Christian churches to be able to evangelize. We would consider those unreached people groups or low-reached people groups. But I'm here to challenge you to understand that, that we're living in a society that has turned away from God. 
And though we have a majority that still consider themselves Christian, I'm not sure what Christianity will look like in five years if we don't begin to intercede for the body of Christ. Because the watered-down, diluted Christianity that has been preached across our country for all these years has allowed there to be a cultural Christianity that lets everything be all right because my God's a loving God. He would never do anything wrong to me. The Bible tells me that sin reveals itself in wrath. No, God wouldn't do anything to you, but, but the pain that you cause yourself through the choices that you make, God gives you a free will to choose him or not. You either live for him every day or you don't. Nobody, there's not, there's not this God up there that's ready to beat you down. Believe me, that's not the case. That is not my God. He is a gracious God. He's made a way where there's no way. He's given you every ability. This is what the Word of God says. He's given you every ability to live in righteousness. But are you willing to pick up the tools that He's laid before you to walk as an overcomer? For if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If we walk in the Spirit of God, we walk in the holiness and the righteousness of God. And we walk in that manner. We walk in the authority and the power of God. Amen? And, in, and if we walk in such a way, when we begin to intercede for the specific things, we will see the mountains move. We will see the lost saved. We will see the broken healed. We will see the sons and daughters coming home. Amen? Look, I'm not the greatest intercessor, but I'm being challenged. Do I pray? Yes. But intercession is something deeper. And I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Would you be willing to set some time apart? Would you be willing to, to, to set some time and put together a private time with God that you begin to intercede for the specific needs of the church, for the specific needs of, of those that you come in contact with, not just a, a prayer emoji, not just a word, I'm praying for you. But I'm talking about make a list and get into your closet with God and begin to intercede, begin to engage God with the specifics of those needs. I believe that when we become united in intercession, that the find is going to be the easy part because the laborers are going to rise up. Amen? And the people are going to be challenged. Father, today I pray, Lord, that you would raise up prayer warriors, intercessors in this church. Lord, I'm thankful that we 
we pray. I'm thankful that we are a church that gives thanksgiving. I believe that we're a church that offers supplication. But Lord, I pray that we will become more focused on intercession. That we will begin to write down the names. That we'll begin to make lists and we'll begin to to be specific about the things that we're praying for. And, the, and that when, as we are spirit-led, we will truly join together and see the impossible taking place. Lives transformed. Made whole. Lord, create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. Lord, Help us to be willing to get into your presence where we, like Isaiah, can say, I see the Lord high and lifted up, and the robe of his train fills the temple. Lord, where we are willing to accept the call as we are sanctified and made holy by your, by your truth, by your word, in Jesus' name. Our ushers are going to come. If you are fairly new to us and visiting with us, we try to do communion on the first Sunday of every month. Not to be religious, but only to be a reminder of what Christ did for us. As I talked about a few moments ago, one of the prayers, the thanksgiving is the root word of Eucharist, communion together. And so as a part of our prayer today, I want us to join in with communion. Thankful for our ushers. Come on, guys, and serve the people. We used to have some great ushers around here. They, they do a great job in preparing and helping. I feel led to say this and I don't know who it's for. But if there's something that's stirring in your heart, if there's something that you want us to pray with you about, man, we, we are here to, to pray with you. The Bible tells us that if, if you have aught with a brother, it says, before, it says take, bring your gift to the altar and lay it there and then go make it right with your brother and then come back. If there's something that's stirring, if there's, a, if there's a forgiveness that needs to be made, whatever that is, I want you to know that, that we can pray right now. And if you want to, as many who will, want to raise their hands and let me pray right now with you. Father, God, you know everyone. Lord, there's nothing in this room that is hidden from you. There's nothing that is not already revealed in the Spirit. And I pray, Lord, if there's 
a brokenness, God, if there's a, a hurt that is so deep and a wound that has been made, I pray, Jesus, that you would touch their heart even right now. God, that they would find peace in you, Lord, that they would find peace, Lord, in that relationship, God. Lord, thank you, Lord, that you are caring and compassionate. Thank you, Lord, that you desire to see each one of us completely whole. And Lord, I pray that even now, God, that as we align ourselves with you, Jesus, as we, as we allow your Holy Spirit to direct us, God, that you would speak into us life, hope, and healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Did you have a good time, buddy? Before I forget, because I will, and you guys will run out of here, next Saturday is our whole church cookout at Metcalf Bottoms and as many of you will, if you don't mind getting onto the website um, we're asking you to bring sides and drinks to share the meat will be provided by the church but if you'll let us know you're coming, that way we'll know how much meat to get so that we can make sure everybody gets fed well that's net, that is next Saturday, if I'm correct. Is there a specific time that we need to be there? Can somebody help me with that? It's reserved 8 to 8. If you are not on our email list, if you'll make sure that after service, if you don't get our emails, we send out the events by email as well as on our Facebook page as well as e if you will see Miss Megan right after service to get your email, we would love to have you into that, in the know. We don't want anybody not to be in the know. Um, as well, we have junior Bible quizzing and teen Bible quizzing. And I'm, man, I'm so excited to see these young people delving into the Word of God. It is a discipleship program in itself, and they... Uh, I mean, they, they're having to learn, like, chapters of the Bible, and, and it's amazing. But there is a need for some uh, coaches, and if you would like to participate and help these young people learn, it's not that you have to know it all. If, you, if, if that can intimidate you, don't worry. They already have the notes. They just need somebody to help them learn more, to coach them. And we'd love to have you. If you have uh, Sunday evenings available, from, it starts at 6 o'clock. They're actually meeting tonight at 6 o'clock. Come join in. Let, let, the Bible says it this way. You old men teach young men. You older women. I know none of you guys are old, but you older women teach younger. And I encourage you guys, this is a way that you can do that without feeling awkward saying or trying to invite a young person out to eat or something. This is a way that you can connect and be a part of their lives, children and young people. Men, if you will, right after service, if you could meet Jeff right over here, uh, you can find him behind the find. 
Lord, I am so thankful that you, if you're, well, you're welcome to stand with me if you want, that you were willing to give your life. You left your throne room in heaven being willing to take on flesh, walking this earth, being tempted in all ways without sin. You showed us the greatest example. Lord, you became the propitiation for us, the satisfaction on the cross of Calvary. Because of your broken body, we now can have eternal life. Lord, we do this in remembrance of you. Take the bread. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for loving us so much. Thank you, Lord, for voluntarily being broken for us. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you willingly shed your blood on Calvary. The covenant from the beginning was blood. And Lord, we don't always understand those things. But Lord, we do understand this. That your blood covers all our sin. We understand this. That it was through the veil of your flesh <laughs> that we can enter in to the Holy of Holies. And Lord, today we are thankful for the sacrifice you made. And by your stripes, we are healed. And we pray that not only are we healed physically, but we are healed spiritually and mentally and emotionally. Complete in you, Jesus. And today we drink this to say thank you and to remember what you've done. Thank you, Jesus. Can you with your mouth just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you've done. Today we give you praise and honor and glorify you, Jesus. And today we remember. Today we remember. And Lord, may we never forget. In Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. So thankful that you're here. If you are um, a guest today, know that you are always welcome. If there's any way that we can serve you, any way we can connect, please let us know. God bless you.